Hello, friends. This is Trish Dietz, and I have the blessing of sharing this podcast from Haggai, chapter 1, verse 9, through chapter 2, verse 9. You will find it as the second lesson in our study guide of Haggai, beginning on page 26 in your booklets. I've entitled this podcast, A Priority Passage. What does it look like to you to have your priorities in order? In all our lives, Different seasons brings the inevitable reprioritization of what takes precedence for our attention, with our affections, our time, our strength, our finances. We have priorities in relationships, of course, for students and young adults, academics, maybe a full or part-time job, sports, recreation, and just indulging in general. For a newlywed, or any married couple for that matter, adjustments in keeping the priority of our primary human relationship to our spouse, living in the reality that two have become one. For parents, children occupy the greatest space for time and energy for each individual child and their need. For grandparents, our grands are the greatest joyful priority in our lives at that season. We've got priorities of budgeting, bills that come in that need to be paid, food, shelter, transportation, savings, recreation. Hopefully you have priorities for your health. Are you eating well, exercising, getting enough sleep? While these things I've mentioned are all really important to give attention to, there's one glaring absence that at times we're all prone to neglect in our juggling of priorities. The Lord. He is to occupy His rightful place in first consideration of all we do and all we say. Protecting our time with Him, prayer, reading and meditating on His Word, serving Him, sharing His love, investing in His kingdom, building His church, placing and then protecting God's rightful place as first allows us to rightly manage the attention needed in other areas of life. You know, sometimes we're so busy about very important, practical, even good God-honoring activities, before we know it, we're sprinting around the racetrack of life, not realizing that we left that intimacy with the Lord at the starting line. Jeff and I homeschooled our children, our three children, When we first began, we knew it was God's will for us. There was confirmation. There was excitement. There was seeing the Lord provide all we needed. We loved it. We had new books, filling in the lesson plans, clean workbook pages, fresh markers, unbroken crayons, new pencils with erasers still intact, and then there were field trips. Homeschool honeymoon quickly ended for the kids and me. Moments turned to days that I was completely overwhelmed. I felt like a failure. I was spinning my wheels. I didn't feel successful. Incomplete work from my lesson plans were piling up week after week. I felt like quitting. I felt like that was an option in my mind. I remember one day vividly calling my husband Jeff at work in a sea of sobbing tears. I just can't do this anymore. I feel like I'm ruining our kids. Jeff, very calmly, listened to me, but 
also challenged me. He said, honey, have you spent time with the Lord today? I'd love to say my first initial response was something like, oh, silly me, that's right. But that day, there was a turning point in my spiritual and practical way of living. Jumping into my day as teacher before sitting at the feet of Jesus as student didn't fill me with all I needed. Didn't do anyone any good. The kids, myself, my family. I've absolutely learned, and I'm still building on that truth of Matthew 6.33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, live righteously, and he will give you everything that you have need. Was homeschooling a priority in my life that season? Absolutely. It had to be to be successful. But I blurred the distinction of a priority to be equal with the priority of my life. Priority, the factor condition of being regarded or treated as more important. That's a simple definition. The children of Israel confused a priority of their establishment of homes to take precedence over the priority of attention to the efforts of building God's house. Their priorities were diversified when there should have been a priority of one, God Almighty. How was that going for them? Not so good. They were definitely spinning their wheels. In our first week of study, the prophet Haggai rightly assessed the root cause of futility of all their efforts. They planted much, they harvested little. They ate, but they weren't satisfied. They drank, but they were still thirsty. They put on clothes, but they were still cold. And their wages were disappearing as if there were holes in their pockets. The bottom line, they were giving their attention to all their own needs and comforts, above devotion to building God's kingdom and caring for his house. From our study this week in Haggai, I saw three areas from the passage in application to setting right priorities. Number one, consider. Number two, confess and change. Those two areas really do go hand in hand. And number three, comfort. Consider, that's our first thing we'll consider (laughs) Think carefully about, examine, or rather, let the Lord examine and point out. Haggai 1.7 from last week, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Pretty straightforward, isn't it? God wants the people to give careful thought to their ways. So from our text this week, and I'm reading a few verses from ESV, Haggai 1 verses 9 to 11 You looked for much, and behold, it came to little. And when you brought it home, it blew away. Why, declares the Lord of hosts, because of my house that lies in ruins, while each of you busies himself with his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you have withheld the dew, and the earth has withheld its produce. And I have called for a drought on the land, on the hills, on the grain, the new wine, the oil, on what the ground brings forth on man, beast, and all their labors. Wow, God's house and the people's lives are basically in ruins. Haggai challenges them, put God first and keep him first. 
You know, the work had previously begun on rebuilding the temple, but for approximately 16 years, there was no progress on the work. The attention to the house of the Lord was at a standstill. Hmm, was it procrastination? Maybe the people were thinking, there's always time. It's not that urgent or maybe even not a big deal. It's often been said partial or delayed obedience is disobedience. Psalm 119.60 says, I will hurry without delay to obey your commands. I want to be like that psalmist. It's not that they weren't capable or busy, for they were occupied with building their own houses. Early on, they were discouraged or even fearful by the opposition to them in rebuilding the temple. But, you know, here, 16 years later, there's not really an indication that that was still the case. Whatever their excuse was, attention to God's house was not their primary passion. Building God's house was not the priority of the day or the week or the month or the year and ultimately of the decade. Their personal possessions and comfort were the priority. They thought, hmm, it's not time yet to rebuild the temple. They found the time and resources to build what was important to them, but not to have the temple of the Lord as their priority. They had paneled houses, the word says. That indicates prosperity, beauty, comfort. They were living and working to satisfy their self above all. It's as if God, through Haggai, is saying to them, um, how's that going for you guys? Matthew 6.21 says, Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Well, let's consider this together and get to the root cause of your weakened condition. God wanted to encourage the people. He wanted them to really see the root of their hardships. They needed to change their priorities. Before meaningful change can happen, once misplaced priorities have been acknowledged, there needs to be confession of sin and waywardness to the Lord, repenting of selfish ambition and gain and putting God first again, and blessings would be the result. Now that they've considered where they were currently in life, after hearing from the Lord, it was time to, and this is our second point, confess and change. The people heard Haggai's message from the Lord. More importantly, they accepted it. They humbly obeyed. Haggai 1.12, Then Zerubbabel, Joshua, with all the remnant of the people, and this is key, they obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet, as their Lord their God had sent them, and the people feared the Lord. When we confess our sins before the Lord, we're agreeing with him that we've strayed, we've missed the mark. And you know, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Anything from misplaced priorities like God's children here to outright levels of sin and rebellion. When we confess, God forgives but we've got to change. We change directions. God changes and strengthens our hearts and will as we pray and obey. Back to those homeschooling days. 
Jeff's question and the conviction and confirmation from the Holy Spirit that day of failure, really, and nearly quitting was a turning point for me in my heart and actions. To this day, over 30 years later, my day begins with the Word, the Word of God. Jeff and I read the one-year Bible together every morning. It's not legalism, ladies. I'm not doing to check it off a list. I found it to be necessary for my day, for my life. Change for the good always involves our acknowledgement and attention and God's power and plan. In Haggai, the people listened to the word of the Lord. They repented and they obeyed. And then the rebuilding starts. God's word got a hold of the people's hearts and wills. When there is a revival and recommitment to God and obedience to his ways, not only are his people the recipients of blessings, but prayerfully those around us will see the fruit of a rightly prioritized life. Deuteronomy 8, 1-3 says, If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commands that I am giving you today, The Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the world, and you will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Ladies, the reality is opposition may increase. The hope is that blessings of obedience would stir hunger from the lost. But above all, God's honored when we obey. The people received Haggai's message. God called his people to rebuild the temple, and they obeyed. So the Lord is speaking through Haggai, consider your ways. What a great exhortation for us today. Consider, deeply examine the efforts and the results in our lives. How are things going for us? It's important to remember this, that neither the abundance or absence of material blessings in our lives is concrete evidence of our right priorities. Jesus did not die so we would be comfortable. He died so that we would be with him forever and that we would be holy as he is holy. Trials develop godly character. Persevering through them proves our faith. God saved us that we might be more like his son, Jesus. Trials, difficulties, leanness is also a means by which God gets our attention when we stray. Psalm 139, 23 and 4. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. We live in a fallen world. And we're told not to be surprised by the hardships, but to seek and find the joy of the Lord. But there are some hardships that can be connected directly to our apathy, indifference, or even rebellion against the Lord. Our disobedience will not go unchecked by God. Failure to put the Lord first in our lives results in us spinning our wheels, a lot of effort leading nowhere at best, and leading to poverty and ruin at worst. God doesn't want to abandon us in this state. By His grace, when we acknowledge our sin, confess it to the Lord, and change direction, 
He comforts us with the reassurance of his presence, his provision, and his protection. Once we've considered our life's priorities, once we've confessed and determined to change in the strength of the Lord, then we can rest in the comfort that the Lord brings. Let's pick up our text, chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. Then Haggai, the messenger of the Lord, spoke to the people with the Lord's message. I am with you, declares the Lord. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel and Joshua and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and they worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. From Haggai chapter 2, verses 4b and 5. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts, according to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt. My spirit remains in your midst. Fear not. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. Skip down to verse 9. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. Because the people made the change in priorities, they were positionally in a place to receive God's blessings. I can't think of a greater comfort than the knowledge, than the assurance, than the blessing to know that God is with me. They're told, I am with you twice in our passage this week. And the instruction, be strong, comes three times. God tells his people to be strong, but the fact is, he's the one that gives us that strength. It's up to us to receive it and allocate it. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He promised the children of Israel when their priorities are right, placing him first always in everything, and when we are about his work, that he gives us the strength and he accompanies us. He's with us. We need not fear. He'll give us peace. What a comfort. We're going to face opposition. Maybe things don't look like they used to or what we had hoped for, but God is worthy to be praised, worshiped, Receive our full heart of gratitude. Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Haggai's ministry only spanned three months from the dates of our text. Yet God used his obedience, boldness, and encouragement to break a 16-year cycle of misplaced priorities and lethargy among God's people. And he's still using these 38 verses we've studied to challenge and inspire us today. We are left with the challenge. Consider your priorities. Confess misplaced priorities and make the necessary changes. And then receive the comfort the Lord promises as all our efforts seek to honor him above all. God bless you, ladies.